Well, I think we talked a lot about uh, video tips, short form video tips of what you can do to stand out in the feed. And the reason why it's so important is because Instagram and TikTok both basically have a discover feed specifically for short form video. That's why I love to be on it because your video can show up in front of someone who the algorithm already knows is interested in your topic but they're not following you. That is free exposure to a very highly targeted person. They are the pieces of content you put out there to attract the right person back to your business and your profile. So the easiest thing you can do is make sure that your profile itself, whether it's on TikTok or Instagram, makes the right impression. Because your video has already gone out there, done the work to bring this qualified person, this potential lead to your business. And if your profile is off, you're, you're not going to capture them. So give yourself a bit of a makeover. Make sure that the headshot of your profile represents you and your brand. This is Impact, the podcast where we explore entrepreneurship, mindset, and health to provide you with the ingredients for an unregrettable version of your life story. As we move through the Impact, system, our impact medicine system, and we get to to the letter A, we're talking all about this idea of attraction or marketing, or how do we, how do we draw people in to the compelling solution and transformation that we have a capacity to deliver? That's the conversation that I'm having today. How do we be magnetic? How do we draw people in? It all sounds so fun till I tell you on social media. And then suddenly everyone's, everyone's nervous system becomes engaged and we shuffle in our seeds and we recognize that it is this thing we need to do, but we often have some reluctance to do it. And if we're going to talk about social media and this incredible tool and opportunity Uh, that is available to small business owners. And here's the truth. If you are a small business owner, also being the social media manager seems to be one of the hats that you naturally have to wear. I can really think of none other than Canadian entrepreneur Elise Dharma to demystify what we need to know right now about having an effective social media strategy in place for our business. Elise Dharma is a marketing coach who specializes in having not-so-insta-famous business people make real revenue directly from Instagram and TikTok. She's helped over 30,000 people truly grow their businesses, sell more programs, and build money-making brands all through her no-fluff courses and membership. Elise has been featured in her social media and her social media expertise in Forbes, entrepreneur, digital marketer, social media examiner, and she's hanging out with us today. Love it or leave it, social media is part of our landscape. And if it's something even you choose to want to reject, I think one of the things we need to know and understand as business owners is what makes us effective on social media? What elements of that tool should we be leveraging? And what are some of the tricks of the trade so that we can deploy that actually enable it to be working for us? Elise is full of strategic, tactical information. We had a fascinating conversation, but honestly, I was scribbling down notes as quickly as I was talking. It is really my pleasure to introduce you to the one and only Elise Dharma. Elise Dharma, welcome to Impact. Thank you, Megan. Super excited to chat with you today. 
Well, we have a we have a lot to unpack. I feel like, you know, as much as social media is so front and center in our lives, like no one doesn't know what that is as a business tool. It is simultaneously this like elusive thing. We all know we should kind of be there. But when we get down to brass tacks, sometimes the actual strategy we need to deploy and the decisions around how to do that hold so many of us back. So I'm delighted that you are here. I'm so excited we're having this conversation that we so we can just like we can just lift the veil on all elements of Instagram and TikTok and strategy and um, small business and and the like. So before we do that, I'm hoping, can you just share with my audience a little bit about who you are, what you do, and how how you kind of ended up from Canada now in Spain, because that's one of the virtues of having an online business. It really is. And it was my intention back when I started almost 10 years ago, which is wild to think that it was 10 years ago that I put this wheel in motion. And now here we are living in this apartment in Barcelona with these amazing ceilings designed by an architect who worked with Gaudi. It's just this whole whole Spanish experience we're having. Um, but Long story short is I am a millennial. So I definitely grew up, you know, not having the internet at one point. And then I remember the internet coming into the home. And then I went to school. I did the thing we were supposed to do, which is go to school, get a degree. And then I got my first corporate job and I worked in a startup space, which at that time in 2010 was really a new concept. Uh, so basically, all these other startup companies came together and they built their companies in the space. And my job was to be the social media marketer for the space, meaning I was posting to Facebook and Twitter. That was about it back then. But because I'd studied video and screenwriting and storytelling, I asked my boss at the time, you know, can I make YouTube videos? Can I interview the entrepreneurs? Can I share their stories in the form of a YouTube video. And I had so much fun doing that. And just by being in that space, by being in that world, eventually I got my first client when one of the startup entrepreneurs said, Hey, Elise, you know, social media, can you run our brand's Instagram account? And this was in 2013. And back then it was the wild, wild west of Instagram. And in six months, we were able to go from 10,000 followers to over 100,000 followers, mostly through influencer marketing. A large part of my job was sending teenagers free samples of this brand's clothing and then getting them to post pictures. So it was a lot of follow up, a lot of spreadsheets. And, you know, again, word of mouth spread. And by the time I had first brought on my first client, nine months later, I had four clients and then I had the opportunity to quit my job. So I quit my job and I started my own agency. And this is taking us to 2014. And for a couple of years, I just focused exclusively on helping e-commerce brands use Instagram to grow their business. But at that time, we didn't have that many tools. It was a lot of let me post this product photo. Let me post this stock photo. Oh, we got a photo from a customer. Let's post that. And we would get pretty good engagement. Like, And that's how we were tracking things, likes and comments. We didn't have sophisticated tools to track to see if those posts were generating sales. Unlike today, unlike today, Instagram has just evolved, I would say from 2018 onwards to be in reality, an amazing tool for business owners to make sales. And that's what's shifted for me is I went from being this agency owner, trying to make my clients Instagram famous. And yeah, they would get a lot of followers, but tracking sales, that was tough. And I realized that 
as I started my own personal brand, the Elise Dharma brand in 2016, to show my clients proof that I could grow accounts, I realized that, well, first of all, people who were following my personal brand didn't want my agency services. They wanted to know how I was traveling, how I was growing on Instagram. And that's when a new business started for me. I realized that I could actually educate business owners on how to do this for themselves. And they didn't have to waste their time trying to be an influencer, trying to be Instagram famous. Around that time in 20, 2016, 2017, I started my personal brand. And I noticed those trends were going out the door. And at that time, Instagram launched new features like Instagram stories, Instagram DMs, going live. and Fast forward to 2020, we got Instagram Reels. And so today, that's what I focus on. I don't run my agency anymore. I help business owners from coaches, service providers, product brands. I help them use all the many amazing features of Instagram in a way that doesn't suck up all the time in their day so that they make content that actually generates sales. So that's the, well, not so short version of my life story. (laughs) Yeah, but you know, one of the things that struck me when you said that is you're like 10 years ago, because one of the things I'm finding so like I find so frustrating about social media where I have this love hate relationship, despite its incredible utility is these stories where it's like, well, I just showed up on Instagram and like, secreted a few things. And like, six months later, I have a multi-million dollar brand. How do you like one? I just appreciate the reality. I'm I too have been at this for for ten years, and it takes it it takes it takes time uh, and consistency and, and trying things around. And sometimes we can do it easier. But how like in that space, does it drive you nuts hearing that kind of thing online? Like, how do you reconcile the 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 mixed messaging that exists in in social media in general? Mm-hmm. It used to drive me nuts when I would see people kind of seemingly pop up overnight, grow really fast, and then all of a sudden they had a business as big or bigger than mine. And that was more so jealousy because the truth is, is that I have seen business owners who started in April of 2020, posting on TikTok, posting on Instagram, and now they've grown way past me. Like they have a million uh, TikTok followers. They have almost a million Instagram followers. And I'm super pumped and super happy for them because they've done something that I I didn't do. I've I've been more of like a slow burn type of grower in terms of my business growth. I've never gone viral. I've never posted anything too controversial that got tons of attention, whether it's media or on social media. I've just been steadily at it. And that is the reality for like 98% of business owners in my in my view right? Um, I think there are those one-off stories. I think it's definitely possible for people to join TikTok, have a niche that just takes off and works. For example, this one girl comes to mind, her, her, in, her TikTok handle is called Miss Excel, like Excel spreadsheets. And she started making tips on how to use Excel spreadsheets. Who would have thought that niche would be hot, but she has blown up I don't know how many followers she has. It might be a million now, but she's got an online course business and she is killing it as far as I can tell online. And she just started within the last year or two. So there's definitely those one-off stories, but I would say for the majority of business owners, most of us are going to just be consistent. We're going to get maybe some bumps in our growth, but it's just going to be a consistent, slow growth process. That doesn't mean you can't make sales as you grow. So that's the mistake I made in my Instagram 
influencer days where I'd go to Bali and twirl around in a dress and spend hours editing the photo and trying to get as many likes as possible. Yes, it worked to grow. I grew 30,000 followers in one summer, but I did not collect one single email address that whole time. I didn't know who was following me. I wasn't engaging with people. I wasn't chatting. So that's the power that businesses have today is you don't need to try to be Instagram famous. Just you know, stay, stay the course, make content that gets engagement, make content that reaches your people, but spend the time engaging with people and collecting their information, collecting their email address. That's how majority of my, my students I work with make five figures or more with less than a thousand followers. They're not Instagram famous, but they're doing the slow, steady steps and they're doing it in a quality way. And they're, they're bringing in real sales to their business. You mentioned TikTok in that in, in sharing that story and what I think part of me sees how like Excel like having tips on Excel is something that just blows up because it's it's so boring so if someone can make it fun uh, and penetrate that corporate world in a fun way it's like it's it's actually so disruptive but when we're talking about Instagram and TikTok like what is the key difference what do we need to know between the two of them should we just be repurposing everything in all of the places like there's there is nuance here and i want to demystify it for our listeners totally well if you as a business owner wanted to be a full-time creator or influencer probably half of your day would be spent creating content as a business owner myself i know that i don't have 3 to 4 hours every day creating content and in fact When there are fires going on in my business, creating content is not at the top of that list. Even though I'm an Instagram marketer, and even though my living comes from showing up on Instagram, essentially. So the good news is, is that as a business owner, I believe that you can be really efficient with your content creation and repurposing is a big part of that. Now, there are I would say majority of social platforms love short form video. You mentioned TikTok, but we have TikTok. We have Instagram reels. We have on Pinterest, we have something called pin ideas. We have Twitter, which is also an amazing platform for sharing short form video. And then we have YouTube shorts. They're all essentially the same thing. Short form video that either entertains or educates or ideally does both depending on your niche. But for businesses who can educate and entertain at the same time, they do really well. So what does a busy business owner do? Well, here's what I do. Might not be a perfect strategy, but it works for me. I choose TikTok as my base platform. Now, if you look at my Instagram or if you look at my social profiles, I have the least amount of followers on TikTok. But the reason why I use TikTok is because that's where trends typically start. That's where they, that's where I get my most ideas and inspiration from. Caveat there, as a business owner, you don't have to do just trends for your short form video. You can also do easier talking head videos where you're simply talking to the camera, sharing a tip, something like that. So going back to TikTok, TikTok is my, is my favorite place to start a, because the trends start there, but B it's also an easier app for me to edit and create in. Now, the first time you open TikTok, you might be overwhelmed. I know I was like, actually one of my YouTube videos on my channel is when I first went through the TikTok app and I had no idea what I was doing. And it, it, it that video took off for whatever reason. And then I put TikTok away for six months. I just thought, I'm probably too old to understand this. This is kind of like a new language for the younger generation, you know? 
no, I'm not doing it. I resisted. Right, right. But then, you know, lockdown happened in 2020. We're all bored at home on our, and you know, TikTok took off. And I realized then that, oh, if I learn this and if I teach other business owners how to do this in a simple, easy way, that's really helpful for all of us because TikTok is blowing up and there's an opportunity here. So that's why I start with TikTok. It's where trends start and it's easier. It's actually easier once you learn it to create an edit from the TikTok app. Once you post your video to TikTok, you can then grab um, the link to your TikTok. So you just hit the three dots when your TikTok's published. There's an option to copy the link. Copy the link. And then you're going to go to your phone's browser, or you can do this on your desktop as well. But you're going to enter in a URL. This currently still works, but the URL is snaptick.app. So you just enter in snaptick.app either on your phone or your desktop, you paste your TikTok's URL and then hit a button. And the app is going to run your video through its program. And you can then download a version of your TikTok that doesn't have the TikTok watermark. So this is the key here because you want to remove the TikTok logo from your video before you start publishing it on other platforms. Because those platforms are not, they say, like Instagram has come out and said this, Hey, we're not going to push out content from our competitors. You know, that's really obviously from TikTok. So you, I use this tool called snaptick.app. It's free. It removes the watermark from my TikTok video. And then on my phone, I have a, a naked TikTok. You know, it's, it's my published video. It has the text. It has everything I added, but there's no logo. And so from there, I publish it to Reels. It goes on my Pinterest. And sometimes it goes on my YouTube shorts as well. And we should probably be adding Twitter in there as well, because Twitter is, I I don't know how many viral TikToks I've seen reposted as videos on Twitter that go even more viral. So don't underestimate it. And you can even post them on LinkedIn too, depending on your niche. I know some business owners are a little like, oh, LinkedIn's professional. I don't want to look unprofessional. But the truth is, I believe people do business with people. And so even if you're showing up in a more entertaining way, it doesn't mean that they're going to not take you seriously. They're just going to actually connect with you a little bit more human to human. So that's my my repurposing method in a nutshell. It's amazing and brilliant. And as you were talking about LinkedIn and Twitter, I've started to create, as you're talking, a game in real time on my piece of paper here called Dead or Alive. And so I just want to go through like some of the things we have done over the years in social media. And I just like, is it dead or is it alive? And then we're going to come back to, you know, where should we be? Because as you're talking about, you know, Twitter and LinkedIn and YouTube shorts, I can literally smell the panic. And some of our listeners were like, I can't, like, I can't, I can't do all those things. Like, where's the one place I just, where's the one place I need to go? So before, before they're panicked with all the things we need to do, can we just address what things they don't need to be doing with this new and exciting segment I'm calling Dead or Alive? <laughs> I love it. Influencer marketing for small businesses. It is still alive and well. Depending on your niche, you can still get your product, still get your offer in front of a highly engaged audience by leveraging an influencer. Twitter for conversation. Absolutely still alive. Twitter threads are hot. You know, like you can even break down an email you already wrote create a a tweet with a really good hook, and then you can create a thread for them to follow your whole whole story. And I'm seeing that uh, written type of content take off and do really well on Twitter. Longer form video. 
Still alive. Uh, depends on your definition of longer form. I would say from a YouTuber perspective, we have a channel with over 100,000 subscribers. Our sweet spot is videos that are 10 to 15 minutes in length. And generally in 10 to 15 minutes, I'm teaching three, four, five major tips or takeaways or doing a demo. In terms of going live on Instagram for an hour and expecting people to watch your replay, mm, not so much. Written captions underneath your post on Instagram. This one kills me a little bit because we have this amazing product called Caption Vault that gives you 300 caption templates. Um, I would say I don't have any data off the top of my head, but back in the day of static feed posts, captions were really important because the image would capture someone's attention attention, and the caption would keep them there longer on your post. So that, and then the algorithm says, oh, people really like this post. Let's show it to more people. Now with reels being really, really important and short form video, I think that the video has to hook people in, in the first second or two. And I think with your caption, the first sentence or headline has to hook people in because especially on Instagram, people have to tap to read the caption in full. So captions are still powerful, maybe not long, long form captions, but the key is make sure you have a really good first sentence or headline with your caption. Pretty grits. I would say dead. In some industries, it might still be important. I see you cheering. Let's say you're a graphic designer and your feed is like your portfolio. It would still have an impact on your business. But for everyone else where you know our feed is not our portfolio, people are not really judging your feed or even really looking at your feed. They're scrolling their home feed or the reels feed. And your content can get in front of someone who doesn't follow you. So they're, they're not going to care about what your feed looks like. I'm going to caveat this for all my practitioners in the group. Ugly food photos are still not acceptable. Like the number of people who post like their homemade mashed potatoes and gravy and like, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. I will agree with that. Just going to throw, there's like not having a pretty grid. And then there's just, you know, the, the dirty camera photos. Honestly, I love food. And whenever I go out and I take a picture because I'm excited to eat it, I look at it and looks so horrendous. I never post those food pictures. I'd say you really need to have food photography training to make those look good. But if you're someone who wants to share what you're making, honestly, get a tripod. I have this little smartphone attachment here. Sorry for the noise. And I have this, this Joby tripod. Set this up while you are cooking and film the steps of your dish in little little segments. Use an app like TikTok or InShot. Make those steps really snappy. People love fast. And share the process of making your dish. I know it takes a bit more work, but you're going to see a lot more impact and engagement on that post. Pictures on Instagram. Alive or dead? Oh. Instagram has fully said that their focus is on video. So we could, you know, conclude from that, that they're dead. And I would say for now, they are a little dead. Um, I have a hack for around this though. You can turn a photo, you can actually publish a photo as a reel. So there's that. If you wanted to get a really great photo of yourself or your team or whoever out there, you could just upload that photo in real format. Pretty easy. The other trick is 
is that instead of publishing a static photo of myself or whoever, I will add an animation to it. So I might do this through Canva or I have a bunch of apps that add animation. If you create an animated photo, it plays as a video in your feed, which gets higher engagement than a photo. Should we do the same thing? My alive or dead round one is is over just because I want to move on, but we might come back to it. Should that we should we do the same thing with like, you know, quotes or thought leadership pieces that we're putting out onto our Instagram as well is just like upload them as reels or animate them. Yes. Or animate I would them. test both. Yeah. You can, you can take like, you know, later is the scheduling tool that I use. You mm-hmm. can literally take your Canva graphic that you made, upload it into later, drag it into your, your, your feed for the week. And you can choose whether it's a post or a reel. And the formatting won't look great. I, I do recommend if you're going to post as real, make sure it fits the dimensions of a reel, right? Which is 1080 by 920. Not 1350. I can't remember. Just Google it. <laughs> Google the dimensions <laughs> of a reel. <laughs> I should know that. Um, it's it's a 9 by 16 dimension. But yeah, definitely format your content for real size. Or like you said, thought leadership pieces, quotes. The easiest thing is make them in Canva. And then I think you might need a Canva Pro account. But just find an animation. It could be a sparkle. Add an animated sparkle to this quote card that you've made, save it as a video, upload it as a video, you're going to get way more views and legs. I mean, above all, I'm kind of I'm kind of sharing like engagement hacks. Uh But above all these hacks, the most important thing for any of this is that your content is good. You know, you you can't like outsmart the algorithm by animating everything. But if your content's really good, it's going to trump everything that I've just shared. What makes good content? And you know, my my caveat to this is, you know, I'll have I'll have practitioners in our, in our mastermind and otherwise for like, man, I'm posting every single day online. And I'm sure you hear this exact same thing. What is it nine times out of 10 that is getting in the way of that individual's content being consumed by their, their ideal clientele? So this might sound harsh, but we know that on TikTok or Instagram, two types of content do really well, entertaining or educational. So when your content doesn't do well, it might mean that instead of entertaining, you're being boring, unfortunately, or you're not tapping into a topic that your audience really cares about. That's why they're going to scroll past. And on the education side, if your your tip doesn't do well, then you're not touching on the topic that your audience really cares about. That's That's it at the end of the day. So let's go back to the entertainment factor, how to be less boring. In 30 seconds. <laughs> Number one tip. And I'm speaking for boring myself. Dead. Boring is dead. I'm speaking for myself as an introvert who doesn't want to be talking to cameras, believe it or not, but I turn it on because this is my business. And I care about putting out good content. So first thing is talk fast. Do not be slow. Like if you're filming a reel, don't start with a pause. And the cool thing is about all our tools is you can trim that pause out. So definitely trim that pause. And there's this saying that I read somewhere online where it says, talk fast, edit fast. So as you're filming, you you want to talk fast and then bring your clips together if you have multiple clips and make the cuts between every clip very tight. So remove any dead air, remove any pauses. People's attention spans are short. My second tip to not being boring is make sure the first sentence out of your mouth or the very first text 
blurb on screen that they're going to see, it has to be a good hook, has to be interesting. So if your market is moms with newborn babies, you know, your hook could be three reasons why your newborn is getting up in the middle of the night or three reasons why you can't sleep through the night with your newborn, something like that. So that's really going to intrigue your target audience. And right away, people know what the value is in in it for them. If you instead film that video, you're like, Hey guys, yeah, so today, you know, it's funny, I was checking my email, I got this really good question, and I wanted to share it with you. I just took 10 seconds to say that maybe it was five, I don't know. But you're going to lose people like you need to get to the point. So not be boring, two easy ways. First sentence out of your mouth or the first text blurb on screen needs to be a really good hook. Most people spend majority of their time crafting that first sentence, believe it or not. And then the second tip is talk fast and edit fast. How do we end those videos? This is my biggest challenge. I have like, I'll open, I'll get going and then I start talking. I'm like, I have not thought through how I'm going to end this. Is there a strategy to bringing it to a close? Absolutely. If you are filming and you still have time for a call to action, I like to have a bit of a call to action cheat sheet up. And I know we've provided these in our programs and our products because they're so important. Sometimes, especially with an entertaining type of video, there might not be room for a call to action because you're sharing a joke or you're making fun of something in your industry that your audience can relate to. You might not need one there, but call to actions can be really, really simple. I love putting them in what I call the talking head videos where you're talking to camera as you would an Instagram story, for example. So a call to action could be as simple as follow for more tips like this or share this video with someone who needs to hear this today. Or, you know, comment with your favorite pet name below. Or DM me three red apples, the code. I like to, it's just a code I make up. DM me three red apples and I'll send you a link for XYZ. So there is a little bit of intention and strategy behind your call to action. I like to choose the best call to action that fits the nature of the content that I'm sharing. I like that. Actually, I love your like secret code there. How you, how you leverage that piece. Yeah. If you don't fit it into your video, that's totally fine. You can put in your caption and it's interesting to see who reads your caption and who DMs you those three red apple emojis or whatever combo you choose. We, we did this once where I published a YouTube video and I posted the first 30 or 60 seconds on my feed. And then in the caption, I said, you know, DM me three red apples and I'll send you the link to the full video. For like six months after publishing that, we were getting three red apple DMs. So it's a powerful strategy when it works. Well, and it's fun and it's creative and it's a little bit different. And and in my experience, and it's not nearly as in-depth as yours, when we break the molds and we're just we're just a little bit different, or we have this pattern interrupt of even what we typically say, uh, it creates a, it creates a different level of engagement with our uh, with our audience. And that's another great point you just reminded me of. Tip number three on how not to be boring is use props. Use props. Like I'm not asking you to like act or be an improv actor or stand-up comedian, but you know, there's some people who are really good at using props. So for example, I have some blue light glasses here. So I I put these on, especially if I'm going to act like another character. I have a little mini microphone that I'll hold up to my mouth 
and drop. Um, there's some people who, whenever they're sharing a tip in their video, they're always eating something or they're always just finishing their drink. Like it could be so innocuous, but people love to see like what little Easter egg or what little shtick you have going on in your videos. That's another entertainment factor. Yeah. And it's so easy and it's not, uh, that's not something that is, uh, it's not intimidating for people. Like the days of, I have to, I have to have like choreographed dance moves on TikTok. Um, (laughs) I feel a little bit relieved that we've moved, uh, we've moved past that strategy. Have we, have we moved past the strategy of pointing at miscellaneous fictitious items in the space around our heads or are we still, are we still there? I wouldn't say that has died down entirely because it's honestly such an easy style of video to make. Unlike a dance routine where you need to spend an hour or two knowing the routine. But the, the cool thing is with those talk, the pointing videos, as we call them, um, which some people do not like. I get the sense you might be in that. In that <laughs> How can you tell? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the cool thing is about them is that they're really easy to make because usually yeah. they're paired with a snappy audio and all you have to do is like point to the beat and you don't have to talk. And then you add your three tips to every single point. And it's surprisingly, they surprisingly do well. I know, I know, I don't know what generation, you know, you grew up in, but for some people they're like, I just, I just cannot, it feels silly. And I, I feel that way too. But every time I make one, still does really well. So that part of me wins out. (laughs) I'm laughing this morning because I saw one posted. And when you said just point to the beat, I was like, that's the key part, people. You've got to point to the beat. You can't just like point 10 times when there's three, when there's three key beats. Like there's there's just a little bit of art to that. No, I agree. I agree. The content is easy to make, but you still want to make your best, best effort to make it good content. Hit the beat. Make sure your text shows up at the right time. I used to be a piano teacher. So I feel like what I create today is this weird amalgamation of me being a piano teacher, like hitting the beat, for example. Sure. Absolutely. So we're like, we're in, we're in the tactical level here a little bit on, on the social media piece. And I want to just, I want to come way back for a second. So when we look at who, you know, reluctantly or eagerly has to step into the the social media world by and large. It's it's small business owners. And the challenge for so many small business owners, and I can just call it in particular like women small business owners. I've got three little kids. Like I have I have lots of tabs open in my life. And so one of the things that just sort of creates this barrier to social media is that it it you know you get this sense you're like I have to be everywhere. Like it feels like we are opening this can of worms. And so, you know, for those small business owners that are just sort of hedging or reluctant to step into the social media game the way they should, they kind of dabble, which is ineffective. Where do you recommend they start or direct their energy? Because they they cannot, even if it's just in their own mind right now, cannot be in all the places. Good question. I would say the best place is short form video, exactly like we've talked about. Um, you know, I know it's it's busy when you're running a business. Like oftentimes your first priority is your clients. They are the people who've paid you money, they've earned your time and attention. I get it. When you're moving into more of a prospecting phase of your business, or you want more visibility, or you want more people to know about you, then social media is a great free tool to turn to. I like short form video because it's way faster than YouTube video. For example, YouTube's an amazing platform, but it's a commitment. You need to have a film schedule for yourself. You need to have an editor. 
You need to be consistent. You need to learn the algorithm. I think the easiest form of video, and actually I find Instagram marketing easier today than it was in 2016 because of the time factor. Like in 2016, it was all about, oh man, it's exhausting to think about getting the right dress, finding the right, you know, getting the right camera or photographer to, to, to take a photo of me, the right time, sun's right, the golden hours there, then choosing the best image out of the 100, editing it, and then writing an amazing caption. Like no joke, it would take me hours to post back in 2016. Now, it could, to make a short form video is as simple as looking at a question that someone left on a previous reel of mine, tapping the little camera icon next to it, which opens up my camera, and I can create a new reel just to answer their question. That takes 30 seconds. So it's actually, I find easier to make content today, but it's more competitive. Hence why your content has to be good. And it does involve video. And I think that's the biggest mental hurdle that business owners, you know, are are struggling with. And speaking as a millennial, I think a lot of us have this, this mindset of it's got to be perfect. I have to be done up. I have to have my hair and makeup done up. That is the millennial mindset. If you follow anyone who's Gen Z on TikTok, I'm just going to completely generalize to two generations right now. But if you follow Gen Zers, you'll see that, you know, the photos they post are sometimes blurry, sometimes weird, like sometimes there's a raindrop in the middle, like on the camera lens or there you can't even really see clearly what's going on. It's it's like a spur of the moment captured type of type of photo. And it's very different from uh, the millennial mindset of perfection. So there is a lot of room for business owners to just show up as themselves. One of my friends, Julia, she teaches coding, like coding one on one. And her best performing TikTok videos are where she's in her bathrobe. She's got a bathrobe with stars on it. Her hair is in a bun, no makeup on. And she's just sharing tips and jumping on trends. So once you can kind of like get over that video hurdle, you find what works for you and you're going to be on short form video. It's the best free tool you have to grow your business that doesn't involve ads. It's amazing you say that in terms of like best free tool. And I think this is my thing with the practitioners that we work with is, you know, they really have the strong aversion. I'm going to just say energetically to social media. And I'm like, but your people are there. You're like, you can help people there. You can pop in and you can pop out. And, and you know, on that note, because it is one of the things I tell them, and yes, ideally they are engaging. How do we handle that engagement side? What do we need to know about the fact that this is a two-way conversation and not a one-sided uh, posting experience. What what strategy should we be looking at from that perspective? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're finding that you're creating content and you're not getting engagement, whether it's your views are low or you're not getting comments or no one's DMing you, I think it's time to look at what type of content you're putting out there. Maybe what you're putting out there has been seen and done many times over. Maybe it's a little predictable. Maybe it's time for you to shake it up and show up without makeup and in your bathrobe and talk about, you know, I don't know, if you're, an, if you're a nutritionist, maybe digestion problems in the morning and all those great topics and that we all again. Right. Yeah. You're on the toilet making a TikTok. Like it is real life and applicable to, to every experience that every human has. 
right? And it's just going to get attention. So the biggest thing is w- with engagement. And I get I get posts that don't get comments, even with 100 plus thousand followers. And it's a data point for me. It's like, oh, my audience is not interested in that. Or, oh, my delivery was not great. Or that's just a boring thing to share. Or maybe it's too self-indulgent. I don't know. You have to look at what the content is. But generally you're playing it too safe, or you're just not sharing content that really hits the mark with your audience. So that's an amazing opportunity for you to switch it up. Like jump on TikTok when you have zero followers to do so. It's very empowering because there's no one following your content. You literally have nothing to lose. So the more you can have fun with it and tap into that creative side, I do find that what I need to do is uh, block off a couple hours, one day a week for filming. So that way I can compartmentalize, right? Like Monday, Tuesdays, team meetings, you know, Wednesdays, client calls Thursday. I know I'm going to go to the gym early so that I can get home, get ready, and then be in the zone for filming. And once you get into that zone, the creativity just, just pours through you. So it's, it's really fun, but it takes a little work to get there. I'm laughing because I also plan my workouts around when I will get a blowout so I can do. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm I'm also cracking up imagining doing uh, a TikTok or Instagram uh, short form video from the toilet and the immediacy with which my parents will text me to tell me that they are so horrified by the content that I like, I almost, I almost want to do it just to test my And theory. then when that video gets a hundred thousand views, you will be like, mm, sorry, parents. The funny thing that you just tapped into is when we all have this fear of putting ourselves out there, especially in video format, usually our brain says, well, everyone's going to think this about me. And I had a I had a coach walk me through the exercise of naming quote everyone who fits into my everyone category. And when I named who I was worried about, what they were going to say, it was like five people. And I thought, am I going to hold myself back from this platform with a billion plus people because I'm worried about the opinion of five people? And I laugh because I absolutely have done it. And then once I had that realization, I'm like, huh, okay, we all think that everyone's concerned about us, but they're not. They're concerned about themselves. So I am just going to put myself out there and, uh, you know, be on the toilet and see what my, what my parents text me. My, those are my favorite messages, along with, you missed a comma in the fourth paragraph of your blog. They're, they're, so, they're so sweet that way. At least I do want to transition the interview to something that I, I call our impact ingredients. But before I do that, I have one last question for you in this context. And that is, as you are looking through social media and you're watching the work that people are doing, when, when do you just want to like jump through the phone and be like, ah, I don't want to fix and tweak this one little thing for you. What are some of the patterns that you, that you watch? So you're like, ah, it's so easy to fix this. And it would have such an impact uh, on your grid, on your feed, on your presence online. Well, I think we talked a lot about uh, video tips, short form video tips of what you can do to stand out in the feed. And the reason why it's so important is because, you know, Instagram and TikTok both basically have a discover feed specifically for short form video. That's why I love to be on it because your video can show up in front of someone who the algorithm already knows is interested in your topic, but they're not following you. That is free exposure to a very, you know, highly targeted person. So beyond the reels, beyond the TikToks, which are, they are the pieces of content you put out there to attract the right person back to your business and your profile. So the easiest thing you can do is make sure that your profile itself, whether it's on TikTok or Instagram, 
makes the right impression because your video has already gone out there, done the work to bring this qualified person, this potential lead to your business. And if your profile is off, you're, you're not going to capture them. So give yourself a bit of a makeover. Make sure that the headshot of your profile represents you and your brand. I really liked best pull my, pull my most up to date headshot. And then in Canva, I'll crop out the background and then I'll put a bright brand color behind me, just pops out a little bit. And then I make sure that my name field has search terms that my target audience might be looking for. For in my case, I teach Instagram tips for business. So I make sure those, t- those terms are there. And then my bio is actually the best place for my first impression. So super easy to give yourself a bio makeover. The first line of your bio should say who you help and how. So you're literally calling out your target audience, which lets them know right off the bat, you know, should they keep looking at your content? If they see who they are right in your bio, it's very powerful. So who you help and what, how. So I am a, you know, Toronto based natural path helping women, um, struggling with, uh, hormonal imbalances, something like that. Who you help and how. Uh, second line is what makes you unique and different. So this a great place to find out what you should put here is to ask your current clients, why did they choose you? It could be your website looked really good, or it could be you have this obsession with Elmo and they find it endearing and they <laughs> resonate with that. And that's your thing. That's your stick. So why you're unique and different, it could be anything from your years of experience in your industry. It could be any awards or accolades you've earned. If you're in the case in the, in the, in the industry like me, where I help people make money, it could be like total number of dollars you've helped people earn. It could be total number of pounds you've helped people lose. It could be total number of babies you've helped birth. (laughs) Like, and, or it could be as innocuous as, you know, I'm really into Spider-Man. Whatever the reason is for, for why people choose you, that's why you want what you want to put in your second line. And then your third line, the last line of your bio is that call to action. So if there's a, there's usually a link below your bio. So you want to lead people to a link where you can capture them as a lead. So maybe it's your contact form, maybe you have a lead magnet, but that last call to action in your bio should specifically say what's in it for them for them to click that link and leave the comfort of Instagram because people don't want to leave the apps. They know the apps. The apps are familiar. If you lead them to a link, make sure they know what's in it for them, for them to feel incentivized to click it. So that's the easiest thing you can do is give your profile a makeover so that when your content brings the people to your profile, they can easily hit follow and DM you to start the conversation. I could listen to this all day, which you're going to tell me, you can just go to my Instagram and you can do this all day, Megan. It's just, it's so fascinating. You're so in it, right? Like there's like the the nuance shifts and the nuance changes all the time. Mm -hmm. One thing that doesn't shift all the time are our impact ingredients. These like core things, it does, but it wasn't as good a segue. These core (laughs) things that make us who we are um, when it comes to being entrepreneurs and, and leaders in our respective fields. So I've got a few quick rapid fire questions for you. And the first one is when you need it, how do you cultivate courage quickly when you have to step into the ring and do something you're not sure you want to do? Do you have a process or a system or a song uh, that you use to find that courage when you need it? 
The first thing that came to mind is I tap into my alter ego. And this is a strategy that I inadvertently came up with when I first put myself out there online in the online business in 2016. I did a, my brand photo shoot for my website. I dressed up like Carmen Sandiego, a tourist, a travelpreneur, whatever that meant at the time, and then like a business boss. So I didn't even bring clothes to represent me. I brought character clothes. And then I put this website together full of Elise Dharma characters. And it just allowed there to be this shield from who I was putting myself out there as online and then who I really was. And truthfully, Elise Dharma is not my real name. It's a version of my real name. So I see it as my Elise Dharma, the brand persona. And when I'm scared, when I, you know, don't want to step on stage and speak to 400 people live in person, I just think I am Elise Dharma. I tap into that Elise Dharma brand and I protect the part of myself that's scared and vulnerable. And, you know, she can go home later and watch Netflix and eat pizza, whatever she wants to do. So I, I've just created the separation. And it, I think that's what's allowed me to show up for 10 years. I love that Todd Herman and the, and the alter ego. It's like, no, Todd wrote the book before I did. (laughs) Uh, I know, but it's true. Like so many high performers are like, but I'm doing this. And he put a whole, he put a whole framework around it. It's amazing. What is your motivational beverage of choice? Like if I'm on a deadline and I'm treating the beverage as a treat. Could be, could be 6 p.m. on a Friday. You can give us context. You may have more than one motivational beverage of choice. (laughs) When you said motivational, I definitely treat myself with treats. I remember writing one product on the plane. And after I wrote 10 caption templates, I'd give myself a gummy bear and then 10 more. (laughs) Another gummy bear. I was very productive on that plane. Um, So there's two drinks that come to mind. I really love unsweetened flavored soda water. So like LaCroix, LaCroix, however we pronounce it, which you cannot get in Spain. I could drink those all day. And then if I'm drinking an alcoholic beverage, anything with mezcal in it, I freaking love. Like I will drink mezcal straight as we lived in Mexico for ten, for six months. So I learned how to, how to just sip on it. Or if it's a smoky um, or spicy mezcalita cocktail, I'll be all over that. I love it. I love, I just love the nuance and specificity of that. What's the biggest non-negotiable for you in your life? The biggest non-negotiable lying, being dishonest. As an entrepreneur, were you born with it or did you learn to become an entrepreneur? So interesting you asked that because I was just thinking about a post I wanted to put together this morning as I was getting ready. And I was thinking about a friend of mine who's always asking me like what she should do with her life. And she's got an interest in entrepreneurship. But when I look back at her history of what she's chosen to study or what job she's taken, none of them really have anything to do with entrepreneurship. You know, she's got her PhD or, um, you know, just, I, I don't know if you have to be born with it or not, but I know looking back on, on my history, I was definitely interested in making money from a very young age. It started with lemonade stands. I was a Girl Scout selling cookies and I saw what kind of money that brought in. And of course, it didn't go to me, but I was very motivated by that. I started babysitting at 10 years old. I started piano business at 13 years old. I did that till I was 18. Um, I was just always really motivated to make money. So I would say that I I was heavily born with it. 
I'd say you were born with it too. And last question for you, what do you want your legacy of impact to be? Oh man, that's the toughest question you've asked me this whole whole experience. I I feel like I'm such a short-term thinker and kind of a tactical person. It's it's not my natural place to be in that visionary space or to think about what people are going to be talking about me when I'm no longer here. You know what I mean? So if I had to give you an answer right off the bat, I would like to leave a legacy of having helped women specifically feel like they've been able to empower themselves by earning their own money. That's what it would be in a nutshell, because that's important to me for many reasons um, as a woman myself. But I just see that true freedom comes when a woman can have her own financial independence and make her own decisions. And I really, really resonate with that. I really resonate with that too. Elise, I have enjoyed having this conversation so much. Where can we send people? I know the answer, but where can we send people to follow along uh, with this journey? And I know you've got some pretty awesome things available to people right now to help with their social media journey themselves. Yes. You know what I'm going to say to follow the journey on Instagram at Elise Dharma, D-A-R-M-A. There's no H in it. You can find a ton of my free YouTube tutorials and trainings on how to use TikTok, how to use Instagram for business over on YouTube. You could just search my name, Elise Dharma. And if you would like a taste of my teachings, um, we have this program called On Video, where every week we send you five video ideas that are already adapted to business, plus five caption templates. You can get a taste of this program called On Video by going to the URL onvideo.co slash promo. You can check it out. Amazing. And we will hook everybody up with all the links they need over on our show notes. You can grab those at meganwalker.com forward slash a podcast. Elise Dharma, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Megan. It was a pleasure. Impact is what lives on when we leave the room, tuck them in or step off stage. It is less about what you do, more about how you make them feel and everything about how you choose to show up in the world. If you enjoyed this podcast, hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you are listening to this episode. I am your host, Megan Walker. Until next week, aim for impact.